Hi, this is Tammy Hill, and this is the Live Your Why podcast. I'm grateful for you to join me today. In season one, I did a podcast episode entitled How to Love a Woman. Several subscribers have reached out to me wanting me to create a podcast on how to love a man. So today's Live Your Wide podcast is all for you, ladies, how to love a man. We know that men and women are different. Unfortunately, the world wants men and women to either feel so different that it's impossible to ever work together. A leading bestseller several years ago was entitled, Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus. That gives me the idea that we can't even work together in the same galaxy. Or the world wants us to think that men and women are so similar that there's really no need for each other. Gender differences are either too daunting or absolutely irrelevant. Let me assure you, this is not the plan. Our Heavenly Parents, Heavenly Mother, and Heavenly Father created a plan of happiness which allows us to learn together, to work together, and to help one another. I really appreciate this quote by Elder David A. Bednar. Part of a happy marriage is benefiting from the differences between men and women, to receive strength through and be blessed by differences. We might think we want our spouse to have the exact same attitudes and qualities that we do, but differences actually strengthen our marriages. When we understand our divine roles, traits, and distinctive capacities as men and women and build on those, we will bring strength to our marriage. I love this quote. He's telling us we need to build from each other's strengths and grow. So today, as I discuss some of the physiological and psychological differences between men and women, remember these differences are intentional. Men and women are different on purpose. So you may have guessed that one of the ways to best understand and love a man is through sex. Men are wired for sex. Dr. Lara Brizendine, in her book, The Male Brain, explains how the male brain from infancy marinates in testosterone. During puberty, testosterone levels dramatically increase. She says, if testosterone were beer— A nine-year-old boy would get the equivalent of a cup a day. But by age 15, the equivalent would be two gallons of beer a day. I think that's fascinating. From adolescence on, testosterone biologically masculinizes all the thoughts and behaviors that emerge from the brain. For instance, the hypothalamus, which is the brain's sexual pursuit circuit, for a male, will grow to be twice as large as those found in female brains. Isn't that amazing? The brain's sexual pursuit circuits for men are twice the size as they are for women. Because of this abundance of testosterone from early puberty, the images of breasts and other curvy female body parts become front and center, particularly in the brain's visual cortex. Some research suggests that the male preoccupation with sex runs on autopilot. Autopilot means that it's much like a large screen TV in a sports bar. 
It is always on in the background. Vasopressin, a companion hormone to testosterone, is also surging through a male's brain, making him more territorial and increasingly motivated to engage in sexual behavior. This combination causes men to take greater risks, behave more aggressively, act impulsively within any given moment, and to be territorial protective of his space. Teenage boys do not have brains that are wired to give much thought for the future. They are smart enough to get good grades. They often just don't care in the moment to turn in their work. When testosterone is combined with a drive to test themselves, our boys are bound to enter into competition. Whether it's physically battling it out on the field, showing academic supremacy in the classroom, or contending for the affection of a girl, boys are hardwired to prove their dominance and one-up each other. They haven't quite mastered the art of humility, something only a few hard knocks in life will teach them. I can remember being so frustrated with my teenage son several years ago. He could never seem to apologize for behavior that he had done that was wrong. It felt like his ego was bigger than his ability to be reasonable. He would often say, I forgive you, after we had a disagreement. This drove me crazy. Then, in a session with my therapist, yes, therapists go to therapy, my therapist helped me understand that this was my teenage son's way of saying that he was sorry. At that instant, it was like a light bulb went on my brain. From that time on and to this day, when my son tells me that he forgives me, I tell myself, I'm sorry, Mom. I was wrong. Please forgive me. That's what he's trying to say. Another important way to love a man is to realize that the brain has two emotional circuits. Usually men and women use these circuits differently. If we could see the world through male-colored glasses, you would see that when a boy enters puberty, his body and voice change, along with his facial expressions, and listen to this, the way he perceives other people's facial expressions. Hormones are the key component in modifying brain perceptions, so it is testosterone and vasopressin that somewhat alter their sense of reality. Through social science, we know that as humans, the way that we are raised largely affects our ability to express our emotions. However, did you know that biology also plays a part in the differences between emotional processing of men and women? Stereotypically, we hear women are more emotional than men. There is a reason for this. There are two emotional systems in the brain. MNS, mirror neuron system, which is largely used by women's brains, and TPJ, temporal parietal junction system which is typically the emotional system used by men. This brain system keeps a firm boundary between emotions of the self and emotions of the other. Or in other words, the TPJ system compartmentalizes emotions. This prevents men's thought processes from being infected by other people's emotions, which strengthens their ability to cognitively and analytically function. 
Combine these two brain components, the difficulty in perceiving facial expression and the brain system that compartmentalizes emotions. Now, you can better understand why a man might not notice a hurt expression on his wife's face while his brain is flashing with excitement that he's found a solution to her problem. Have you ever watched the video, It's Not About the Nail? If you haven't, you must watch it. It's so funny. It's not about the nail. In this video, you will see the male brain functioning just as it was created. The male brain is structured to seek solutions rather than to empathize. This doesn't mean he doesn't care. Solving your problems is the way he tries to show his love and concern. There's another factor that makes it more challenging for men, particularly in the United States, to be emotionally expressive. Researchers also suggest that men have trained themselves, perhaps since childhood, to automatically turn off or disguise facial emotions with comments like, don't be a girl, or big boys don't cry, or be a man. You can see why men's socialization of not showing emotion would also contribute to an environment where men are nurtured to keep their feelings to themselves. For you parents of younger boys listening in, please don't do this. Encourage your sons to put language to what they are feeling. This practice will improve their abilities to emotionally regulate and give them the ability to develop more emotionally connecting relationships. So with these differences in brain functioning, how can a woman best learn how to love a man? The best way to love a man is to understand what he needs. So for your relationship, ask your man what he needs. Ask him what he wants. This practice will be the best way to benefit your individual relationship with him. However, right here, I'm going to share with you five needs that most men have, according to psychologists. One, a man needs to know that the woman in his life is happy. Your happiness is a direct reflection of his sense of worth and effectiveness as a man. If you're not happy, he will try to fix whatever he thinks you might be unhappy about, or he will avoid you until it seems like you're happy again. Sometimes when we have a few free hours together, I will ask my husband Jeff what he wants to do. His answer is always the same. I want to be with you doing whatever will make you happy. Have you asked your husband what he wants to do when you have a few free hours alone? Ask him. See what he says. Number two, a man wants you to be interested in what he is interested in. Find out what your man is passionate about, favorite hobbies, sports, his work. My husband, Jeff, loves to visit museums when we travel together. Museums are less interesting to me. I'm not suggesting and certainly not encouraging that you always do whatever your husband's interested in doing. However, I will suggest that every once in a while, do what he's excited about doing. With a good attitude and without manipulation involved, just go be a friend to him and enjoy what he enjoys or talk about what he's interested in. When you communicate about his interests, 
it will strengthen the bond and emotional connection between you. Number three, he wants you to initiate sexual contact. For most men, sex is the pathway to his deepest emotional connection. He wants to feel like you want him. This tells him that you choose him and that you love him as much as he loves you. Countless times in therapy, I hear husbands desperately wanting to have their wives initiate touch. Talk with your husband. Find out what types of touch will help him feel most loved and connected to you. There is a sacred responsibility in marriage. It's a sexual stewardship. Marriage is inherently a sexual contract. When you marry someone, you're saying, I will be sexual only with you. And that other person is saying to you, I will only be sexual with you. So it's within the context of this relationship that both of you will explore and mature sexually. Take that sexual stewardship seriously. Recent research from the Journal of Sex and Marital Therapy suggests that men wished to feel more desired by their partners and that they wished their partners would take more initiative during sex. It appears that most men want more egalitarian sexual experiences where both women and men show desire, initiative, and enthusiasm for sex. I encourage you to surprise him by initiating with touch. Number four, he wants autonomy. When a man lacks autonomy, he feels controlled by what you do, think, and feel. When he feels controlled, he will react in two ways. One, he will withdraw from you, wanting to create more power and personal control in his life. Or two, he will worry about your expectations and reactions and defer to your opinion. With this reaction, he might have difficulty making decisions and taking action on his own, fearing your negative responses. I've actually seen, in extreme circumstances, a man will shut down his own natural responsiveness in fear of not doing things the right way. When a woman asks for help but want things done in her way, it is called gatekeeping. Years ago, I was asked to teach a lesson to the women in my church. I prepared a small, cute handout that I wanted to share with each woman during my lesson. For some dumb reason, I thought that tying a bow at the top center portion of the handout would make these handouts look so much prettier. Late at night, I was up tying the ribbons. My husband, Mark, asked if he could help me so that we could get to bed sooner. I let him help me for a few minutes. Then I realized that the bows he was tying did not meet my expectations. I got frustrated with him, then he got frustrated with me, and it didn't turn out too well. How ridiculous I was. I was totally gatekeeping his efforts to be helpful. Do you ever see this happening in your relationship? Do you have to fold the laundry a certain way? Load the dishwasher? Diaper the baby? What can you do to stop gatekeeping? I assure you, your husband will enjoy being with you much more when he feels that he can respond and behave in ways that are independent of what you expect. He wants to know you're happy. 
I encourage you to both independently allow one another to express and enjoy yourself as individuals. Number five, he wants to be acknowledged and praised. This signals to him that you are proud of him and that he's doing a good job of being a man. Thank him for the effort and work he does in providing and caring for you. I have taught at BYU for nearly a decade. In that time, I have enjoyed countless conversations with young men who are embarking into adulthood with hopes and dreams and some fears. As I visit with these amazing young men, although worded differently, the single greatest fear expressed by all of them is the fear of not being able to adequately provide for a family. There is such a burden that men carry in the responsibilities associated with this important part of manhood. Encourage your man. He wants to know that you are confident in him. This enables him to feel that he is able to protect and care for you. Did you know that it is a scientific fact that it is easier to induce fear in women than it is in men? While a woman's response to being startled is fear, a man's natural physiological response to being startled is anger and a desire to get even. Men like knowing that they can provide safety for the women in their lives. Let your husband know that you appreciate feeling safe with him. So, gals, there you have it. These are the scientific ways that you can understand how to love a man. I hope this has been helpful. Utilize these in your life and in your relationships, and I assure you, you will find much happiness. 